the blast from our past network. It's what happened? What went wrong? Nothing. Nothing? Actually, one thing. Don't ever question me again. Ever. What? I give you an order, you take it. You don't ask why. Those 10 seconds on the phone could have blown the op. The op was bringing Schmidt across. The op was setting up Ann Cathcart, and your end had to look legit. What are you telling me? Schmidt was bait? Yes. Nathan, they executed him on a shitty cellar and floor. It could have been you. And let me tell you something about Schmidt. He went to the Russians a week ago and said he had a contact, an American, somebody he could use. Don't tell me that. Don't fucking tell me that. You didn't look in his eyes. Don't tell me that. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we're going to be talking about the movie Spy Game from 2001. And Dean, welcome and thanks for joining. Thanks, Tim. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I was welcome. thinking, is this our first? Is this our first Robert Redford movie? I think so. Yes, I think so. That's, That's a shame. Cool. It's a shame, I but it's pretty that cool guy. that we are finally, uh, yeah, finally getting to one. Yeah, definitely. Now, why are we finally getting to one, Dean? It's all because of last week. Yeah, it's all because last week you got inspired. You were inspired by Unstoppable, and you wanted to continue on. The Tony Scott train, if you will, um, mm-hmm. and uh, dive into another one. Yeah, I, I did. That's exactly right, Dean. That's exactly what happened. Uh, you nailed it. You remembered exactly what happened last I, week. I remembered what happened last week. It was. It's only been a week. You have such a sharp memory. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> so impressive. Yeah, I, I, we did Unstoppable last week. Yeah. And during that movie, I was noticing similarities between that movie and Spy Game, a movie that I love, a movie I've watched a bunch. And I thought, wow, I haven't seen Spy Game in a long time. And like, I really want to watch that movie again. And this just, it felt like it was going to be a good fit. So I said, hey, Dean, we're going to do another Tony Scott movie. Cool. uh, I haven't seen Spy Game in like 18 years. And it was one of like the first DVDs I owned. And so I watched it a bunch, a bunch when I just had a collection of like three movies, I would rotate it with all the other three I had. And then as I got the collection grew, it kind of just fell away from me for no reason, really. I just got into the new ones I was getting and I never went back to it. Um, So I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched this thing in probably 18 years, maybe 19 years. Hmm. That's, yeah, I mean... That's longer than me, but I'm not far off. Like, I, I probably yeah. haven't watched this in for sure 10 years. Yeah. Just because I overdid it, you know? Yeah, totally. But, wow, was it ever fun to revisit? It just gave me all the same feelings again. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. exactly why I loved this movie and why I watched it so many times before. And this is never going to be a movie that I put away and just say, you know what? I'm not going to watch that one anymore. This will all always be in play for a movie that I will watch. Yeah, it's a great film. Um, 
it ha it has the a uh, certain type of style and structure that I really really enjoy. I it's a it's a certain type of movie that I'm always kind of into, and it's just executed you know very well. So after watching Unstoppable, I noticed you know the similarities. It gave me the feelings of Spy Game. I think that's one of the reasons yeah. I really liked Unstoppable. Um, yeah, because it felt so much like Spy Game, and then it just made me want to watch Spy Game again. And I thought this would be, this would be a good back to back Tony Scott doubleheader here. Yeah, I think the the when I started watching it, I, I definitely had those feelings. Like it definitely felt like Unstoppable. Um, and one thing that really feels like it is, I think I even mentioned it on the Unstoppable episode. I like movies where there's like an older star and a younger star. And it feels mm. like the older star is like, I'm passing this on to you. You are now the action star of this time. I'm the action star of 10, 20 years ago, and I'm now passing it on to you. And I really felt that here again with Redford and Pitt, like they look so similar in this movie. Yeah. And it really just felt like passing the torch. You know, you're the guy now. I was the guy. You're the guy now. You carry on and do these action movies after me. Yeah, this one, it really looked like like a father and son relationship. Totally. But Unstoppable wasn't quite like that. It was a bit different no. between Denzel and Chris Pine. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit different between them. Um, these two, though, Robert Redford and Brad Pitt are just, I mean, they're hunks, Tim. They oh, hunks. I know, Dean. I know. I noticed. Both of them are incredible, incredibly uh, good looking men. Yeah, I don't know who's better looking. Exactly. I, I thought, obviously, it would be Brad Pitt. Yeah, you but think then so. Robert, Robert Redford in this movie, he's a hunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you were talking in the Unstoppable episode about the chemistry between Denzel and, and uh, Chris, Chris Pine, and yeah. you loved it, and I did not like it. Yeah. I think the chemistry in this movie was far greater, in my opinion, between the two actors. Um, I kind of aired my thoughts on that in the last yeah. episode, so go back to that one and check it out. Uh, if you're interested, but I thought the chemistry between these two guys in this movie was excellent. A hundred percent. I think it is a, a little bit of a different relationship and uh, they not only, so not only do they uh, portray this relationship better, but also it is just a little bit more of an enjoyable relationship. So those two things combined, I'm with you. This is, this has the one up on unstoppable with that relationship. Enjoyable relationship. You say, I do, yeah. It's uh that's interesting cuz at most of the time it's not all that enjoyable. You know why, Tim? I think it's because you said the father son thing. That is 100% what I feel like when I'm watching it. Like they are arguing a lot, but I definitely feel like they have such respect for each other while they're doing it. You know, it's just it's more just like showing you the ways. Like I'm I'm bringing you up in the world and showing you how it goes. And uh yeah, so I I did feel a better connection with the two. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Now released in 2001 with a budget of $115 million, this movie grosses $143 million, so not all that good. Yeah, I'm not all that good, but I'm, I'm actually impressed that it grossed more than it, it, uh, than the budget was, because this doesn't seem like a movie that, you know, is a big blockbuster. It's a spy espionage with lots of talking, and sometimes those don't hit, so... Making 150, I think, is pretty pretty good. How did this movie cost 115 million dollars? So that's the part where it's like, wait, what? Like this? Why didn't this thing cost 
40 yeah, and make I was going to say 30. Why didn't this yeah, cost yeah, 30 or then, 40? Like, what? Yeah, so I guess there's a lot of on-location shooting, um, which I guess costs money. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. uh, I read that Tony Scott wanted a helicopter for a scene, and the uh, the production team wouldn't give it to him, but yeah. he felt it was very important, so he paid for it himself. Yes. How do you I not have? This. Yeah. How do you not have room in the budget for a helicopter scene, and your budget's one hundred and fifteen million dollars, and half no the kidding. movie takes place in, in in like one room? Yeah, that's true. Half the movie does take place in one room, so that is wild. That is one hundred fifteen. That's very true. There, I can't believe it's that high. That's but very I was, interesting. That helicopter. Yeah, that helicopter scene. I knew this fact going into it, so I was like, okay, I want to see. I want to see this helicopter scene and see if it is necessary. And then it happened, oh, and I was yeah, like, that was totally. Totally necessary. That was an amazing scene. Totally, yeah. Brad Pitt said the same thing. He's like, well, do okay, we really yeah. need this helicopter? And then he watched yeah. the footage and he's like, oh, yeah, I see what he was doing there. That's uh, that's cool. For sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. So obviously it's uh, directed by Tony Scott. We've mentioned that. We talked about him last week. Don't really need to get into too much. But this guy's second movie ever that he directed was Top Gun, a movie with a budget of $15 million dollars. And it grosses $350 million in 1986. So enough said. Number one grossing movie, 1986, my birth year. Mm, nice. Music by Harry Grigson Williams. This guy also did the music for Unstoppable, which was uh, some of the stuff that was giving me the spy game feels. Yeah. Cinematography by Dan Mindell. Pretty good cinematography here. Um, oh yeah. What I feel like's going on though is like I feel like Tony Scott is very hands-on with cinematography yeah. because he's got that visual style uh, mm -hmm. that just kind of like follows him around. So I feel like he must be really imposing himself on the cinematographer and just making sure he gets what he wants. But yeah, it's extremely notable in like boardroom type, officey type scenes. Yeah, the scenes that are kind of supposed to be boring, but he makes utterly exciting yeah, exactly yeah now uh dan mendel he's worked a lot with jj abrams they worked on mission impossible 3 that is an excellent movie interesting i really that want to get does to that have a very similar style it in does. its look that is that yeah i like that yeah uh, i love mission impossible 3 by the way incredible yeah he also did star trek 2009 star trek into darkness he did the force awakens and the rise of skywalker that's interesting cool. stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's Those, those are good big movies. Mm -hmm. As previously mentioned, this movie stars Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt passed on the lead role in The Born Identity to take this movie. Oh, okay. Interesting. I feel like this is definitely more Pitt style. It is. And I like this movie more than The Born movies. So I might take some yeah. heat for that. Anybody out there who wants to throw heat at me, go ahead. But I like this movie better than The Bourne. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I will not throw heat at you because uh, I I do like The Bournes, but I always I, I never find myself as excited as other people are when they're talking about it. And they, they people love The Bournes, and I'm just I'm not as pumped about them. It's what I don't like in movies. It's like long action sequences. Yeah. This movie feels like the whole movie is just one long action sequence. So, and yeah. I don't care. I don't care about it. I don't care about like his memory loss and he's trying to figure out who he is. None of that really interested me. So, 
I have the memory loss when I watch those movies. I get to the end and I'm like, wait, which one is about what? Like, I always forget what Supremacy is about. And I've probably seen it like five times. And every time it starts, I'm like, wait, what is this one about? What happens here? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I do enjoy watching them. But yeah, I, I, it's just uh, they're not my favorite type of thing. Yeah. I don't even enjoy watching them. Hot take. Yeah, I, I got that. From, yeah. I got that from your comments. Yeah. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure <laughs> that that came through. Yeah, it came through, Tim. It came through loud and clear. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you roll back the tape, Tim, I think you'll hear you said fuck born in there. <laughs> it was in there. It was in my head for sure. It was in my head and my heart. I don't know if it came out of my mouth, but yeah, we'll roll, roll the tapes back and find, find out. Okay. So uh, a quick synopsis here of the movie. Retiring CIA agent Nathan Muir recalls his training of Tom Bishop while working against agency politics to free him from his Chinese captors. Now, this is a really gritty spy action thriller. Yeah. It's very fun because it takes place over the course of a single day, which makes the stakes seem oh so high in the movie. Uh, definitely there. That is very interesting. Um, the stakes do feel very high and there's, and they, they sort of lay it out right away uh, that it's going to be 24 hours. So then anytime they give an update on the time or an update on like something that needs to happen at a certain time, I'm like, well, that's too, that's, you're losing so many hours. You can't wait that long. (laughs) There's not enough time. I definitely felt the urgency in the movie. Yeah. Part of the Tony Scott magic. That was also an unstoppable. You're on a time frame here. They know how long it's going to take for this train to smash into, uh, or or run off the track and smash into a bunch of fucking gasoline tanks that shouldn't be where they are. But uh, same thing here. Like you're, you're under, you're on the clock. Like you got to move. Things have to happen and they have to happen fast. It just adds anxiety to the movie. And I, I liked it. Yeah. Which, which helps out in those boardroom talking scenes where you need that anxiety still because it's an action movie. So um, that plus the camera, you know, moves the camera tricks just keep you keep you in it, keep you thrilled the entire movie. Yeah. So the movie starts out. It's April fourteenth, nineteen ninety one. We're at Suchow Prison in China. The, it says foreign aid workers are responding to a suspected cholera outbreak. And among the foreign aid workers is Brad Pitt. Now, this is such a great opening sequence because Mm -hmm. it both fooled me and sucked me right into the movie at the same time because there is no cholera outbreak. Brad Pitt is there to rescue a prisoner. Brad Pitt, who plays Tom Bishop in the movie, he's posing as this aid worker and he has this great plan to free this prisoner. He electrocutes himself, um, which knocks out the power to the prison. And he possibly kills himself in the, in the, in the process. I'm not quite. Yeah. I think he kills himself. I think it's the pills he took, uh, killed, like stopped his heart. Okay. So then his buddies quickly inject him with something, um, that will help bring him back. The, the Chinese in the prison examine him and he does appear dead. So they just kind of leave him alone. And then he yeah. comes to and has 10 minutes until the power is going to be flipped back on. Right. So he's making his way through the prison. He finds the prisoner, which is a woman. They end up wheeling her out and him out on a stretcher. They make it into the ambulance, which is in the street. And they're about to get away. They're at the gate to get away. 
and then they get caught. And now Tom Bishop is a prisoner as well. Yeah, it's really amazing because they do, Tony Scott does the thing where it's like, the people are kind like the people in the Chinese prison are kind of finding out that something might have been going on and something might have happened. And so as they're finding that out, you know, the uh, Brad Pitt is almost getting out. Uh, he's almost escaping out the gate. So you're like, oh, this is going to be a close call. They're doing the close call thing where they keep cutting back to the prison, back to the van, and it's going to be a close call, but they're going to escape. They're going to just escape and they're going to be chasing them down on foot, but they aren't going to get to them. But no. They, they catch them, they stop them, and they throw them in prison. I was not expecting it at all. Yeah, I fully expected them to escape. And I realized right here, right at the beginning, this isn't going to be your you know average run-of-the-mill action movie. This is going to be something different. Yeah, and I think that's all pre-title um, screen. Like, that's it all pre-the-title coming on, on the screen. Yeah, so that's that's awesome. So cool. If this was the Bourne movie, they get away. Oh, and I'm not shocked. Tim. That is, just, there's no just question. <laughs> just gets away, makes it past the just gate. Just gets away. That's true. You know they what? Get caught probably, here. Probably they get br- caught. Yeah. Take they that. They get caught. Probably born. Brad Pitt read the first two pages of this script and read the first two pages of the Bourne <laughs> script. And he's like, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, this one, totally. this one fooled me. Yeah. Bourne would have got away from yeah, this. Hell yeah. Yeah. So Robert Redford, who plays Muir, gets a wake up call from a special contact of his, Harry, who tells him, Boy Scout is in trouble. So Brad Pitt must be Boy Scout. Mm -hmm. We see um, Redford or Mir. He works at the CIA and he rushes into the office when he hears this news from Harry. We learn it's Mir's last day before retirement. Excellent. Excellent detail. Loved it. Great. Mir quickly learns that Bishop is stuck in a Chinese prison. And this is where... Basically, half the movie takes place is within CIA headquarters. And yeah. that's kind of the present, is is mirror in, in the headquarters. Everything else that we learn, we learn through flashback sequences. Yeah. So it's fun. It is. It's really smart because after Brad Pitt gets caught, I'm like just totally thrown off and i'm like okay wait how is he going to be in this movie what's this movie about how like he's just in a prison are they going to be able to utilize him so then once a first flashback starts i'm like oh yes right this is awesome this is a great way to have them them both in the movie and i think something to note um when uh redford gets into uh the cia uh, right away you can see he already is like He's a good spy. He's already doing a little bit of work and a little bit of like, I think they call it like social engineering, like pushing people into giving him information they're not supposed to, just so he can kind of be caught up on the whole uh, Tom Bishop situation before he gets into his office so he knows what to expect. Definitely. Uh, he he does that throughout the movie. That's probably yeah. one of the funnest things to watch. Um, it is. It makes sense because he's been there for so many years and he has relationships with these people that he's like trying to push to give them something that they shouldn't give him. And it's his last day. So they're they're probably just like, well, like what could it hurt if I just give this old dude like one bit of information, you know, what damage could that do? So he, he knows the situation he's in. He's an amazing spy and he's doing spy shit in this movie. Yeah. 
He does so much amazing spy shit. He's so good at making um, the situation feel rushed, but also that he's very casual in it. Like, it almost doesn't matter if he gets the information, but it's also urgent. He needs it immediately. <laughs> and so that just makes people, like, relaxed, but then also just hand it over. Yeah, and the best part about it is he's doing spy shit against the CIA. Yeah, uh, yeah, who exactly. Who he works for. So, but we're, we're jumping ahead a bit. So there's an internal investigation going on, and Mir wants to be a part of it because he used to work with Bishop. Yeah. So Mir, very quickly when he goes into the headquarters, he hides all the files that he has on Tom Bishop because um, he knows he's going to be asked for them. And he immediately gets asked for them. And what he says is that, he, I loved this, he says he's old school and all the notes are in his head. Yeah. So they invite him in to be a part of the investigation. Like he knew, he knew that they need information from him about Bishop so he gets rid of the files and says they're all up here in the head. So they're going to have to invite him into the meeting so they can talk to him about it. So he can explain yeah. everything that he knows about Bishop. It was a brilliant first He's step. So I loved it. It was a great first step. He's so smart. He pulls out one piece of paper out of his file and puts it in another file and writes Tom Bishop on it and gives that to them. Like, oh, I only had one piece of paper. He burns the rest and his secretary is like, is this like, is this, what are we doing? What's going on here? Is it, are we getting too ahead of ourselves? And he says a great line. And I wanted to point it out because the writing in this movie is excellent. And he says a great line. Um, I think it was Noah built the ark before it started raining, yes, you know, something like that. that. Great, yeah. So it was like, I got to burn these files before I know what they're after. <laughs> yeah. I just need to be ahead of this thing. Within this meeting, Mir is on a need to know basis and he's, still trying to gather as much information as he can because they're not going to share the important stuff with him. Like they just, yeah. they just want to know what he knows. They don't want to share anything that they know with him. So he has to work as a spy to kind of like pull information out or find it wherever he can. And this was um, another aspect of the movie that I thought was echoed in Unstoppable uh, it was a little bit different in that movie, but it's that whole idea of people trying to gather information. So in, in Unstoppable, they're trying to gather information about the train. They're trying yeah. to figure out a way to stop it. That's basically what Mir is doing here in this movie. He's trying to gather information, and then he's trying to figure out a plan of action um, to stop something from happening. Totally, yeah. And he knows more than he's letting on too, um, which is it's it just creates this really interesting uh, situation between all of them where they're all just kind of lying to each other, but telling small truths. You know, they're just trying to tell as much as they can um, or as much as they think they need to to get the other person to tell them what they want to know. And they're both doing it. So it's, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. So we get a flashback sequence here, which will be the first of many. And these flashback sequences... Um, combined with Mir at the CIA HQ is basically the structure of the movie. Um, as I mentioned, you know, that that's kind of it. You just got CIA and flashbacks. Yeah. And just, just right away, I'm thinking Mir's telling the story and we're getting the flashbacks are the story he's telling. And I already know that he's withholding information. So I'm wondering if everything we're watching is exactly how it went down. Oh, that's that's just all I'm feeling. That's really that's what I'm feeling in that moment. That's yeah. really interesting. So having seen it, do you think he was telling the truth about do you think all those flashbacks were the truth? Yeah, I think when we get to the end, uh 
honestly, yeah. Okay, so I, I think there there is nothing really there that's obvious that when we get to the end, he was lying about. But I think there's a few things in there that he wasn't totally telling the full truth about. I do think that because of a couple comments that happened at the end. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think for the most yeah. part, those flashbacks were what happened. Yes. So Mir is in the present doing his spy shit and the flashbacks are obviously in the past because that's what a flashback is. But what those flashbacks are doing are providing character backstory for both Mir and Bishop. And that's where we get to learn about their past history and relationship. That's the important story that you need to know to get to why Mir's doing what he's doing at the CIA right now. So this first flashback is of Mir and Bishop meeting for the first time where Mir has gone to Vietnam to recruit Bishop as a sniper for an assassination. And uh, what I noticed about this flashback immediately was that Tony Scott was using really great color filters um, yes. in this flashback to create a mood and an atmosphere. It was very totally. like very red, uh, yellow and like heavy greens. It was it was yeah. very stylized. And Scott actually used a different style for each of the flashbacks to give it like a unique feel, um, like it was in a different time because they all are in different times. So I thought that yeah, was that's cool. really smart. Yeah, yeah, it's really smart, and it allows you to kind of distinguish between them um, because the different flashbacks are going to be different years, and they're changing and jumping around a lot, and it's it can get confusing, like where, what happens, like, oh, are, were we back in that time or what time are we in if you didn't quite catch the date and remember the date that was before? So I like the change in how they look because you just know, okay, this is a different time than the first flashback I saw. Yeah, they, they do a good job of changing um, visually how it looks, but also how the characters look. They d definitely change hairstyles. Yeah. They change, you know, clothing oh, yeah. hairstyles and all that stuff. Big time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, like I never didn't confused. pay attention to the dates, but I was never lost. Yeah. Now, back to the investigation. They stop because Mir gets a call from his wife, but it's actually his secretary who he's just paged to call him. Now, he's pretending to be on the phone with her, but he's actually he's so listening to what the people in the room are saying when they think he's not listening. It's so good. He's just on the phone going like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And his secretary on the other end, end is just like, are you still there? Are we are we still talking? <laughs> are we talking? Are we having a conversation? Yeah, he just keeps going, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But he's just listening. He's just listening to what they're whispering about. It's great. What's well, one of the great spy tricks that he utilizes in this movie. Yeah. You get to see yeah. so many of them. It's so fun to watch. Just in a room of the top spies, you know, yeah. the, the heads of the CIA. He's just in a room with them, and he's just, like, out, out spying them. It's yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, he overhears them call Bishop a trained assassin. And now he thinks that this investigation team is looking for a reason to not intervene and help Bishop. Yes. Yes, he's... They've mentioned that Bishop is in a in a prison. Have they mentioned that, Tim? He's captured. He's in a prison. We, and he's going to be know executed that. We know that because... in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Okay, yeah. So he, he's, he's going to be executed in 24 hours. And so at this point... Robert Redford realizes that they're kind of looking for a way not to rescue him. That's why this all takes place in one day is because yeah. there's a 24 hour clock on Well, wait, why is there a 24 hour clock? 
because, okay, this is actually funny. There's a 24-hour clock because Brad Pitt, they said Brad Pitt, Tom Bishop, is a, he's been classified as a common criminal. So he will be executed in 24 hours. Okay, there you go. There it is. <laughs> common criminals get executed in 24 hours? So he's at the prison, and because he is um, an American criminal, uh, they're going to execute him in 24 hours. Okay. Perfect. That makes sense. And so they're, yeah, so the CIA wants a reason not to go get him because they want him dead because your, your uh, operatives know a lot of stuff. They know a lot of shit and they don't want them. They, they're afraid when you get captured because they don't want them talking. Well, so they just want a reason. Yeah. They get into some other stuff that I'm not going to get into uh, on the podcast, but it's a, it, it's a lot of like, there was some big meeting that was going to happen, some big trade meeting or something like that. Yep. That's supposed right. to happen between the U.S. government and the Chinese government in like a couple days. And they think that if something like this comes up, like a U.S. spy has infiltrated the Chinese, that those trade talks are going to just crumble and break down before they even start. Right. Okay. So yeah. th this is more it's more of a political move than anything else. They don't want to yeah, bring yeah. any bad light to some political things that are about to happen which seems absurd that they would like let someone die because of that. But that's, yep. that's what's going on here. So they're looking for any reason that they don't have to create like an international incident with what has happened here. Yeah, totally correct. Yeah. I totally forgot about that, that meeting. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, they want, they want a reason not to go, not to have to deal with them. So they want to prove that he's done something wrong in the past. Yeah. Now, part of this investigation team is an agent Harker who doesn't trust Mir and is trying to not only figure out like what Mir is up to, but also prevent Mir from doing anything like yeah. proactive. He's a wiener. Wow. That is a great term for this guy. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't considered calling him a wiener, but that's perfect. He's a wiener. He is a wiener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say he does a great job of making you hate him. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Harker, He's already picked up on a few things. He's a pretty smart guy himself. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> he also feels like he's a really smart guy. Yeah, he, he probably feels like he's smarter than he actually is. But, yeah, he is, but he is smart. He's like, oh, I know what's going on here. Yeah, I've got everything figured out. He's got a good like sense of um, like something's wrong, but he yeah. doesn't know what. He's got a good gut instinct. He's got a good radar on him. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what the blips mean. Now we get another flashback of Mir recruiting Bishop to be a contract agent for the CIA. Now, this was something I think I only picked up on this viewing is that they mentioned that Tom Bishop is a contract agent, which I think helps them feel better about just letting him die. Because I always, yeah. I always wonder, like, how do you just let a CIA agent be imprisoned and then killed but they made yeah. a point of saying one time he's a contract agent so he's not even actually part of the cia yeah good to know i did not pick up on that at all makes makes total sense though so to like get bishop on board to, to join the cia i really liked how they showed you know showed us the way that they did it because they make bishop's life and job really hard and unfulfilling for months and months ahead of them even asking him if he'll join 
Um, and they do it so that by the time like, they're basically just breaking him down. So yep. at the time when they think he's had enough and he's ready to give up, Mir swoops in with this grand offer of, Hey, do you want to work for the CIA? And it's like, it's, so it's like, there's no possible way Bishop could say no because he's at such a low point in his life because of yeah. what they've done to get him there behind the scenes. They've made him miserable. Yeah. And then they just come in and be like, Hey, you want it? You want this awesome job? It was really cool. They break him down so much that when he runs into uh, Robert Redford, he just he in, in, initiates the conversation because he's just like he's been in a job where he hasn't been able to speak English or like no one speaks English. Um, and so he's just been at this job, just like struggling to learn the language and struggling to communicate with people. And he runs into an old friend that he had a long time ago. He did a mission with and he just wants to talk. He just wants to speak to him in like in English and, and have a familiar face in front of him. And he's just you can tell he's just so happy that he ran into him. Um, but it was all set up. It was so great. Yeah, it was a good spy move, Tim. It was a good spy move. It was a good spy move, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And the fun, it was a lot of fun. The, the fun continues when we get to see a training sequence here of mere training Bishop yeah. after Bishop has agreed to be a part of this. Um, and he's teaching him all sorts of spy shit, like how to read a room, like how to how to feel a room out to, to know if somebody in there doesn't fit. They don't belong. Who doesn't belong in this room? And yeah. how to beat a lie detector test. That's a cool, cool one. How to infiltrate yeah. a target. Uh, how to solicit information. All super fun spy, spy stuff. So fun. This is what I remembered about the movie. I didn't remember really much. I didn't remember how it was going to turn out. I didn't remember a lot of the like uh, talking scenes and a lot of like him being in the prison. Everything kind of... Uh, uh, made me made me surprised. I was surprised by kind of everything that happened, except for this. I remembered the spy training because it's so cool. There's some really great like lines in it too, like when he's telling him how to get information. Uh, Tom told a woman like four lies or something just to get one piece of information from her, and he's like, "Well, what if that person is an asset to us? Now you have to hold up four lies. Like, there's four things now that you have to continuously lie about." I thought that was like just that really was clever really, and cool. Really cool. Yeah. Now, what we start to learn here is that Mir is a pretty heartless bastard when it comes to this job. Yeah, true. Like, Mir sees the bigger picture of the work that they're doing. Um, but Bishop is the boots on the ground guy, right? He's the one who's there building the relationships with the people that they're going to use as assets. And then they end up tossing these assets aside once they're done with them. And in one uh, scenario in particular, Bishop is asked to abort a mission by Mir, which will mean the death of this asset that Bishop has gotten really close with. It's going to mean yeah. the death of that guy and his family. Um, yeah. And Bishop argues it, just about doesn't listen, but eventually does listen. And... You know, the, the aftermath of that is that Mir basically tells Bishop that if he ever decides to not follow the plan, Mir won't save him. So yeah. I, I, I'm with you if you're with us, but if you decide yeah. to not follow the rules, you decide to not follow my orders, you're not going to play by my rule book, 
I won't help you out. You will be stuck and you will get killed. Yeah, and this is the amazing rooftop scene where there were the helicopter shots. It's it's really where, um, because we're getting the closer interactions and we're talking about the big picture, that's where it's just so amazing. We get these close talks between them and then we get these big picture shots of just two guys talking on a roof. And it, it just really makes the scene... Um, it, it, it's just kind of hitting a high. The movie's just keep, keeps going up and up and up. And right now we're just, we're, we're hitting a high here um, with, with how this scene's constructed. It's a, it's a big moment for both characters. We learn, we learn a big piece of information about both of them. Definitely. Yeah. You learn that Brad Pitt's kind of like the heart. Yeah, um, totally. Mirror might be the brain, you know, like he, yeah. he's the man with the plan and Bishop has to execute for him. But he gets involved with the people and it's like hard, right? It's hard to, it's hard to like build a relationship with them. They call them assets, like someone you're using for yeah. information or, or for some benefit. It's hard to use someone for like a month or two months. You get yeah. close to them. You know, you try to like work your way into their life. And then once they finally let you in, you're like, okay, I can help you. And then at the last minute, you know, you just have to bail on them. Like in, in this one scenario where, where Pitt has to just bail on the plan, he just basically gets out of a car and leaves. And he leaves this guy who's a, as soon as like the authorities show up, which they're going to show up right away, he's dead. You know, they kill him. Yeah. And, and Pitt knows that Pitt knows, or sorry, Pitt, I'm calling him. He knows when, as soon as he walks out of that car, because Mir has told him to, this guy's dead. Yeah, and what makes this specific case even more upsetting uh, to Bishop is that Mir tells him, that guy was bait all along. We were never actually trying to get him out. We were just trying to use him to catch something, uh, to catch someone else, to make someone else expose themselves. And and Bishop didn't know this the entire time. So he's building this relationship with this guy. He really thinks he's trying to help this guy and get this guy out. And all he was was bait the entire time. He's going to die the entire time. Great point, yeah. That was exactly what was happening. It was a setup. Yeah. The whole thing that Bishop was doing was a setup. Yeah. And heartbreaking. It was yeah, it was it was tough. Tough scene. Now Mir is uh working some magic and he's able to call in some favors and get a story about Bishop run on the news. Now, by doing this, by bringing light to the fact that there's this American in prison in China. This should be enough to put enough pressure on the Chinese government and the U.S. government that Bishop should get released. Now that people know totally. about it, he'll get released. Yeah. So Mir feels like he's he's done what he needs to do, and he leaves. He's happy. He's like, that's the end of my day. I'm going to go retire. I've saved Bishop. This is all yeah. good. And on his way out of the office he quickly sees a new news story being played and it was put out by this agent Harker. He was the one who kind of pulled the strings to get a new story played. And the new story says that the last story wasn't accurate at all. And that Tom Bishop actually died a year ago. So, I mean, now for sure, it looks like they're trying to let Bishop die because now they're saying he's already dead. He's dead. He's already yeah, dead. Totally. Yeah, when he left, when uh, Mir left, he told his secretary, looks like Bishop's going to be safe, yeah. so I can leave now. <laughs> and then this news scene he's saying, they're claiming he's been dead for over a year. So yeah, they're going to let him die. For sure. For sure, for sure they're going to let yeah. him die. 
Yeah. So so Mir has to stay, obviously. He's, his yeah, work he's is gotta go back. Done. He's gotta go back upstairs. <laughs> yeah. He asks his secretary um if she knows anyone in military intelligence, which I thought was a bit of a weird question, but I guess she did know somebody in military intelligence. Yeah, she had a friend, I guess. She's got that a was friend in military intelligence. That's yeah. very convenient. It is. Um yeah. he needs Mir needs imagery analysis of the prison in Suchow. So he asks her to help out. Now Mir heads back to the meeting to let them know who Bishop was after at the prison and why. This was interesting. Because he yeah, just sorry, I'm I'm still thinking about the secretary getting the imagery and I I it just totally clicked for me. I didn't really understand that that's the file we got at the end. So mm, I now okay. everything just fell into place for me. Yeah. And so, okay, she, go ahead, she got Tim, go back with what you just said. Yeah, I, I now get that that was what that part was. Okay. I didn't really know what that was. And it totally makes sense now. Yeah, cool. Um, I thought this was really interesting because Mir basically was about to leave, right? He, he thought he solved the problem. He thought Bishop yeah. was going to be fine. Now he needs to go back. So what does he do? He drops like a really important nugget of information that he knows they want to know about. Totally, yeah. That he withheld before because he didn't need to yeah. give them that information. But now as he needs to progress his plan along, he's feeding them more information that they want to know about. So he just kind of pops yeah. into the meeting. He's like, oh yeah, um, I know who Tom Bishop was after. Do, do yes. you guys want to know about that? And they're just like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's like let's get back to it. Yeah. Who who is he going after? Yeah, he needs more time. He needs to like, yeah, he needs buying to be time. in that building longer because it's his last day. He can't just come in tomorrow. You know, it's like he needs to be in that building longer. And so he just give, keeps giving them, oh, yeah, here's another piece of information that I know you're going to put me back in that room for. Yeah. Just to, to step back for one second, what he's doing with that, the imagery analysis. Yeah. Like basically what that is, is a start to a military operation that he is going to plan from with within the CIA by himself. Yes. I wanted to just bring that up because I think it's such a wild idea. It's wild. It's so <laughs> wild. He's he's going to plan a military operation by himself that is hopefully going to free Tom Bishop from prison. Yeah, that's the first this is the first thing that like He's tried, he tried what he thought would work, which was getting a news story out there. That didn't yeah. work. So now he realizes if he's going to save Tom Bishop's life, he needs to create his own military operation to make yes. it happen. He has to send the troops in himself to he's free Bishop. He's got to himself. How yeah. the fuck do you do that? It's I don't know, mind blowing. I don't know. This is yeah. where I'm like, I'm digging into this movie like... Oh, just yeah. so hard as I'm watching it. I'm so excited about this idea. Yeah, it's it, Tim, it's that unstoppable thing where it's just one thing after the other. You know how I said an unstoppable? I thought it was just going to be these guys chase down a train and have to stop it. Right. And that's it. But there's just so many beats to it. There's so many like, well, now it's more dangerous because of this. And now it's more dangerous because of this. And that's exactly this movie. It's it's it just keeps upping and upping and upping so that you you can never slow down. You are just always they 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 like put you on the track and get you going fast right away. And you never hit the brake. You're just constantly speeding up. Yep. 
Yeah, no doubt. The only thing that could have made this movie better was if the CIA headquarters was inside of a train that was speeding. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing, Tim. I would have loved those scenes. <laughs> and they're on a train that they can't stop that might crash. Right. It's gonna crash in twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of things going on. There's a couple of balls to juggle. <laughs> so Bishop was after Elizabeth Hadley. That's what Mir lets lets them know. And yeah. uh, Elizabeth Hadley, by the way, played by the gorgeous Catherine McCormick. She's fantastic. She's in uh, Braveheart. She's in Braveheart. Uh, yeah. She's in Unstoppable, Dean. Did you notice that? No. Oh, well, Where? Oh, Who? oh, well, a little Easter egg for next time you watch the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's awesome. a nobody, but she's in it. Yeah. Cool. Another one of the things I was like, wait, what? Am I actually watching Spy Game? Is this actually Spy Game? There's so nice. much. Is, is she just the friend that comes over to talk to the wife, to his wife? Uh, to Chris Pine's I wife? I think so. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah. I can't even remember. Like, she, I think she didn't have is, a big yeah. role, but she was in it. And I, I, I saw her and I'm like, yeah, that that's her. That's her. Yeah, nice. Now, uh, Elizabeth Hadley was an aid worker from America that Tom Bishop met in Beirut while on assignment. Yeah. And they become very close. And what Mir has figured is that they've become too close. So he he, right, he wants yeah. to do Tom Bishop a favor. Uh, he wants to kind of separate them. Yeah. I mean, they're extremely close. Like, they're in a relationship. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that that is... That's basically what he's... He knows how Tom is at this point. He knows how he is with assets. And so being in a relationship with what is going to be make it even more hard to do any sort of break that they need to do in their, in their line of work. Yeah. Yeah. So mirror, he tries to sabotage the relationship. Um, yeah. and at the same time, undermine Tom Bishop's work here in Beirut that he's been working yeah. on in a while. Um, Bishop is trying to get a major terrorist figure killed. He was wanting to do it in a nice clean way. Like Bishop had been working, he'd been working on it for months. He had this great yeah. plan in place where nobody would get hurt. Just the terrorist yeah. was going to get killed. Uh, he spent all the time figuring it out. And Mir comes in at the last minute with a different plan, doesn't really trust Bishop and ends up blowing up half a block instead of Bishop's plan. That would have been, been just smooth. Yes, I, I will say that it appeared that Mir didn't want to do that. That was the plan he came in with, but he liked Bishop's plan. He wanted to go with Bishop's plan, just that was the he brought in sort of the last resort. And then they ended up going with that. Yeah, no, I understand. It was yeah. it, what it boils down to is Mir didn't trust Bishop. Right. And yeah. Then, so he had so he had a backup plan that he didn't really want to do, but he knew he might need. Right. And he did it. He probably he and he was right. Well, I don't know if he was right. I don't know if he needed to do that. But well, so he was right because in the circumstance where it was time to kill the uh, terrorists and it was time to carry out the plan, Bishop had let that doctor go off and do something else because of his connection with his asset. Yeah, yeah. But but when when the time had came, when, when the doctor, the doctor was walking yeah. into the building to do I know, yeah, the medical I know. examination, which was going to kill the terrorist. Yeah. Mir sends in this other group that blows up the building. So, yeah, I, I mean, 
I think what this scene does is it makes Mir look more like an asshole to Tom Bishop and it further like it further disengages Bishop from trusting Mir. I think that's the, imp- oh, the important totally. yeah. thing that's going on here um, is it's separating these two even further away from each other. Totally. Yeah. To Bishop's point of view, this is just like completely a betrayal by Mir to to carry out this plan and not let him continue on. Um, but just I will just want to say from Mir's point of view, like he's worried that Bishop is getting too close to this woman. And then when it comes time to do the mission, he has done something for this woman that makes the mission very hard to do now. So I can see Mir's point of view too, just being like frustrated and thinking that he needs to now carry out his end. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely is more of like Mir is the big picture guy. This has yeah. to happen. He, he can't even let things get close. He, he, he needs this terrorist dead before it even gets close to doing it. He needs him killed like way yeah. ahead of time. Bishop is on a different path where he wants to do it as clean as he can and he can yeah. do it. It's just going to take a little bit more time and trust. Yeah. And yeah. Mir being in control ends up doing it his way while Bishop ways probably would have worked fine. Um, yeah. So again, it just causes that conflict between the two. Yeah. And again, in the whole process, Mir's asset dies who he had worked so hard with and got close with Bishop's asset. Um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Bishop's asset dies who he had sent the doctor who he had yeah. sent into the building and then the building was blown up. So this, you're right. This is just putting another block in between Mir and Bishop. They are now as far probably as they've been in the movie um, to being on the same page. Yeah. Now in that scene, Tony Scott was having a lot of trouble finding a building that he could actually blow up. They were, they were oh, yeah, in Morocco. Okay. He couldn't find anything. And at the last minute, he actually purchased that building off of Moroccan royalty and was able to blow it up in that scene. Wow. Okay. Maybe that's where all the money's gone. <laughs> oh, maybe this he purchased maybe. it off of royalty? Yeah, off like, of Moroccan thinking, royalty. Is this building cost $50 million or something? <laughs> it might have cost $50 million. <laughs> that, hey, there we go. That's how it got. So they, they're they like, we'll give you the building, but you sure as hell aren't getting a helicopter from us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was the, the last straw for Bishop. At this point, he leaves the CIA and Mir. He just separates. Now, Elizabeth Hadley, this was, this was fucked. Elizabeth Hadley is traded by Mir to the Chinese for the release of another prisoner. He basically That's gives fucked, her yeah. up to yeah. free someone else. And he thought that was a good idea and the right move to help out Bishop. Like, yeah. wow. First of all, what a cold-hearted move, regardless of anything else. But why would you think that's the best move for Bishop, who clearly has been, like, in this deep relationship with this woman? Like, what are you thinking? It's so weird. Tim, I think back in the beginning when I said that their relationship was more enjoyable. So I think at this time in the movie, I was actually thinking that Mir was behind all this. Mir was working with Bishop 
on this mission because because of that unreliable narrator thing I said. I was like, I don't think he's telling the truth in any of these scenes. And I think it's going to come out at the end that he was the one who set up the whole plan. He set up the whole mission. Um, so that's why at this point, I'm not thinking that it's like the worst move. But yeah, now that I've seen the whole movie, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, what? This is a bad, bad thing to do. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting take. I never actually thought that during the movie or have ever thought yeah. that but that is a really interesting take on the whole situation uh it was about it was about like halfway through where i got that idea where i was just like oh you know what i think he's the one behind everything he's pulling all the strings like this is a mission he set up oh okay that's interesting yeah i never felt that way um yeah, it's it not what happened no <laughs> definitely not what happened <laughs> i i just i know you mentioned before that you thought like mirror kind of had a good character like he he wasn't all that bad yeah i think he is quite bad in this movie what they end up just doing with the movie is they give him a chance at redemption i think he was a son of a bitch in all these flashbacks he he is that piece of shit character now he has to be because he's like the big picture guy but he's an asshole he he's so yeah the things he's doing like in if I was Bishop, I'd hate this guy. I'd hate him for yep. what he's making me do and for what he's doing, which just all works in the movie because they want him to be redeemed at the end. Yeah, you are totally right. Everybody everybody who works in the CIA in this movie is kind of a son of a bitch. Like everyone who's got like a high up position, um, you know, is kind of a dick. And he was that. But now he's on his last day and he's about to get out and he has a chance to do one thing right you know he has a chance to make up for all the shit he's kind of done and all the wrong moves he's done and that is it this movie gives him redemption on his last day of work so mir gets his hands on the imagery analysis of su chow prison and he starts liquidating all of his assets into one account in the grand cayman and yeah. he needs as much money as he can get his hands on to pay off the Chinese to get a 30 minute power outage at Su Chow prison. And it ends up costing him every penny he has. Yeah. Which Tim, I just to go back to that point we just made, he is now using all the money he made working for the CIA to right his wrongs, yes. which I again think is just beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love that. I, I love that. He's, he's like, he's turned a, a new leaf here, right? Like he realizes yeah. the wrongs he made. He realizes what he did to Bishop. He realizes that he, like Mir realizes he was wrong. He, he made some bad call. Yeah. Dean, it was a bad call. He made, he made a, a few bad of them. He call. made a few bad calls. But he decides on his last day, he can make a difference. He can help this guy yeah. out um, who he kind of screwed up. You know, he kind of screwed yeah. this guy's life up. So Mir is starting to falsify military documents to make this whole operation he's trying to pull off look legit. It's Great. all very exciting. It's all very exciting. It's very stuff. exciting. If you think it's easy to falsify military documents, it's not. And that's what makes this really exciting is that even this guy yeah. inside the CIA, it's not easy, but he's doing yeah. it. And it's so much fun to he's watch. He's getting it done. He's getting it done. Agent Harker has seen enough. He knows Mir's been working against them and calls him out. 
And I, I love that Harker, he actually can't pin anything on Mir. He just has that gut instinct that Mir's up to no good, but he can't he can't pin anything. Now it's an amazing part, Tim. Harker knows that Mir has been doing something with the thermal in imaging. Yeah. So when Mir got his hands on the prison imagery, he swapped it with imagery from a property that he was going to buy in the Bahamas. Yeah. So Mir confesses here. He says he's been using company resources for personal benefit. For the past year, he's been rerouting satellites over some retirement property he wanted to buy in the Bahamas. He was worried about erosion and wanted to be sure. So all that Harker can actually pin on Muir is that before the meeting, Muir somehow knew that Tom Bishop had been captured by the Chinese yeah. and that he's been using the company's satellite to look at retirement property. But everything, everything else that Mir's doing is like behind the scenes and, and they have no yeah. idea about. But it was, it was pretty cool that um, Mir, in the movie, he already had this satellite imagery of the Bahamas and his property. Yeah. Like they showed us that. So he, he, he had actually been, had done he that. He had done that. He had been rerouting yeah. <laughs> company satellites to get that information. And then when he asked for the other imagery from his secretary, he got that. And they both kind of looked similar. Like they were both islands they off did, of the yeah. coast. So he yeah. took the one from Su Chow that he needed. He replaced the Bahamas one in the file. So that's the one that Harker has. He thinks that Mir's been using the satellites to get imagery from Su Chow, which he has yeah. as well. But that's not the file that Harker now has in front of him. He has the Bahamas file. Yeah. And that was the piece that I was a little bit confused about because I didn't realize that the file that he stole was the file that he requested. I didn't quite pick that up. Um, so when he stole the the file that was um, China, the the imagery of China, I didn't I didn't realize he had requested that. So that could be a problem. Right. Um, so I I just I just love that he also had sort of like the Bahamas stuff. He had it in his safe. And I was like, why would you have that stuff in his in your safe? And it is because he was using company resources <laughs> to get that imagery. Right. Like he actually didn't want people to know that. Right. So I love right. that this is a truth at the end, yeah. but it's just a truth that doesn't matter to them at this moment. He is using company resources to do something he's not supposed to do. But at this point, it doesn't matter. They're just like, well, who cares? Whatever. I don't care. Again, it's like this last day stuff. It's like even it's like amazing. The, yeah. the guy who's in charge in this this meeting who's kind of yeah. a friend of Mir's, just kind of like when Mir says it, he just kind of looks at him. He <laughs> looks at Mir and he's just like, he's like got this look of disappointment on his face. Like, really? You were yeah. using our satellites for that? But they're <laughs> friends and it's his last day. And he's just like, what are we going to do? If this was Whatever, 10 years yeah. earlier, this guy, Mir would have been in all sorts of shit for using company yeah. satellites. But they're like, totally. what are we going to do? It's his last day. Just like, let him go. He did a lot of great stuff yeah. for us. Let him go. Who cares? I love it. Awesome. I love that he comes awesome. clean. I love it. And Harker, yeah. this is not what Harker wants to hear, right? No. <laughs> it's, Harker, it's, it's It's actually an amazing scene because Harker, we're like, Harker has him. Harker has all the pieces of information here and he's about to confront him. He's in trouble. Yep. He's in trouble here. But then like you said, Harker just has that gut reaction. He doesn't actually have much of the proof. So as he's trying to lay out the proof, everybody in this boardroom is just like, 
okay what else do you have right <laughs> okay this is nothing <laughs> and then yeah. they just go past it it's so fun it's such a good scene it is good yeah and the movie like so far has been doing a really good job um of showing mirror slowly building this house of cards with these yeah. moves that he's been making and as we're watching we're waiting for one of the cards to fall out because if totally, one of these yeah. cards falls out He's caught. He's busted. Yeah. He's going to get in a lot yeah. of trouble. But he's doing so much shit. Man. He's doing so much shit. It's like he's able to stay <laughs> one step ahead the whole time. But listen, tomorrow, when people start putting things together, there's going to be a lot of problems. A lot of people are going to oh, be yeah. upset. And they will figure it out real quick. Yeah. But just in this one day, when you know the people he's talking to aren't able to talk to each other, he's able to confuse them and... Um, manipulate them into doing what he wants to do so it's a beautiful like yeah. one day plan of getting things done executing these different moves and having nobody really be able to figure it out it's so good it's beautiful oh and also i just wanted to say um we are now in the next day and he's not supposed to be working there right because it's the next day he's supposed to be retired but he slept there yeah he slept he in leave. the office because you have to swipe so in. that he could still you have to swipe in yeah, so, so that he, he wouldn't have been allowed yeah. in the next day so he just stayed exactly there. he wouldn't he wouldn't be allowed in so he just slept at the office so he could be there the next day and so his secretary sees him the next day and he's, he's like what are you doing like, here has this confused look on her face because he's supposed to be gone and retired <laughs> and he's still there that's so good it's so funny <laughs> he's such a badass spy He's so good. He sees the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're they're back in the meeting here again the next day, and Mir gets a call from his secretary. So they say they always they always like stop. They're officially recording right, yeah. audio and video of the entire meeting, and they'll yeah. often just like okay, pause recording, pause audio because Mir will get a phone call from his secretary or his yeah. wife or something. Um, this time it's from his secretary. But it's actually a call from Commander Wiley of the U.S. military situated 80 miles west of Suchow asking Mir to confirm if Operation Dinner Out is a go. And Mir, in that meeting, <laughs> he says and he confirms, Dinner Out is a go. <laughs> and the guys in the meeting, they're just like, like, what a strange way to talk to your your wife. I guess, it, I guess they... Thought it was his wife. I guess this, they think it's his wife. Sec, yeah, I guess yeah. it wasn't the secretary. It's his wife, who's or his secretary had his wife on the line or something like that. And yeah, yeah. They think he's talking to his wife, and he says operation, or he says he yeah, had confirmed out. dinner out as a go, and they're just like, he sure <laughs> talks weird to his wife. <laughs> that was funny. And they're like, so he's he's claimed that he's had four wives in this whole meeting, and they're like, yeah. I guess that's why they keep divorcing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, now dinner out was a term that came up earlier with yeah. Bishop and Muir in um, more of like a sweeter kind of like bonding scene yeah. between the two where um, Bishop gave Muir a birthday present. So that term dinner out has meaning to both Muir and Bishop. Yeah. So we see the power go out at Su Chow prison. The U S military goes in, they execute the rescue mission. They find Bishop. They find Elizabeth and in a really exciting scene, they re rescue them both. And yeah. I was so pumped up at that rescue sequence just because so this was the culmination of everything that Mir had been doing. 
And yeah. I'm so pumped up just watching Mir do all his little moves that to see it kind of like finally pay off and actually happen. Oh man, just a beautiful movie moment. Very satisfying. We see Bishop get into one helicopter. We see Elizabeth get into another helicopter and they both fly off. And Bishop overhears one of the soldiers say, Operation Dinner Out was accomplished. And yeah. he knows exactly what that means. He knows what happened. He knows there. what that means. Yeah. Yep. And it's a great moment. It's a great moment. Yep. Yeah. Now, back in the meeting, they officially decide that they won't intervene to help Tom Bishop. I mean, we knew it all along, but here's where they just say, like, yeah, well, oh, yeah. I guess it's too late now. I guess they already killed him. So. That's that's fine. Yeah. Um, Mir says he understands. He gets it. You know, they can't get involved. And he gets up and leaves. And we see Mir get into his car in the parking lot. Then we see back in the meeting where the director gets a call and then says, there's been an incident in China. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They call down to the front gate to stop Mir, but Mir drives past the gate as the call comes down. Yeah. It was a great moment too. It's like the gate attendant, he could have decided yeah. to let Mir out by going to open the gate or answer the phone. They kind of both happened yes. at the same time and he yes. walks over to let Mir out and then answers the phone, yeah. which is too late. Mir drives away in his Porsche as we see the rescue helicopters flying away from Suchow prison and the end. Yeah, and it's it's awesome because it mirrors the beginning where Bishop got stuck at the gate. And we thought he was going to get out, but that's where Bishop got stuck and caught at the gate. So I like that we end the movie at another sort of, oh no, another gate incident where I think, now I think he could get caught because we got we had a gate incident already where someone got caught, but no, he gets away. So I'm again, I'm shocked. And again, I'm surprised. And it's a great ending to the movie. That's a great point. I've never put those two together. I, I have so never good. considered that at the beginning, Tom Bishop got stuck at a gate, and at the end, Mir yeah. gets away from a gate. That's gets beautiful, away at man. A gate. I never picked it's up on beautiful. that. Beautiful. It's beautiful storytelling. It's a beautiful movie. It's great. That's great. Great fun. Yeah. So, yeah, great fun. I wanted to bring up one thing sure. um, just where there was a a comment in the movie where I started to think, okay, maybe what the flashbacks we were seeing weren't totally true. Okay. So there's a there's a scene where um, it's after the bombing um, where the doctor uh, the doctor has died. You know, it's where Mir did the the bombing instead of going with Bishop's plan um, where the doctor would kill the terrorist. And so they kind of have it out a bit um, at the airport and Bishop sa says he's going to stay here and he's got in with another operation. Yes. And that operation that he's in with is the one that he's currently with. Um, like at the at the beginning of the movie and that guy in hong kong who gets on the phone with mir says you're the one who put me on to boy scout in the first place so that makes me think that it, it wasn't sort of like it, it's it's mir kind of doing some things in the background that we weren't seeing he told this guy in hong kong to go after bishop and so so bishop coming to him saying i'm gonna stay and i'm going to i found another operation it's not really that he found another operation. It's that Bishop 
knew that he shouldn't come back and he shouldn't work with him anymore. Or sorry, Mir knew he Bishop shouldn't work with him anymore. And so he put him on to a different oh. operation. So that's where I start to think like it's not totally exactly what we're watching. Um, but there was probably Mir doing a few pulling a few strings in the background. I like that. That tightens yeah. the movie up actually. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean you you'd have to see the movie to really understand what you're talking about right now. But yeah, totally, that whole yeah. Harry character um, yeah, there, there was some, some stuff that they didn't really allude to that, you know, we're just kind of left to guess. But if what you're saying is true, that actually tightens up that whole Harry story and makes that whole thing make sense. So I really like that. That's yeah. really cool. I, I think I agree with you. I think that's what happened. Yeah. And it's a moment where Mir has started to sort of look out for Bishop, just like knowing that this is sort of would kind of be in his best interest to stay here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that was a lot of fun, Dean. Oh man, it's a great movie. I love Tony Scott. What a great director! He is um, great. Yeah, one one of my one of my favorite Tony Scotts for sure. I mean, come on, Tony and Ridley Scott, like there oh. couldn't possibly be a better like family directorial group out there. They're both fantastic. Yeah, and they make such different movies from each other. Yeah, that uh, it really it, it's really nice to go through both of their movies. Yeah, for sure. All right. Hey, everybody listening. I haven't even talked to the listeners yet. Hey, listeners. Oh, my. This is the longest wow. we've ever gone. We're so into my the bad. movie. This is the longest we've ever gone. <laughs> my bad. Welcome. Welcome. And goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the episode. Thanks for joining. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to further support us, check out our Patreon page. And yeah, Dean, listen, thanks for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, where you can make a one-time donation of any amount. Or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.